Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Back with you talking golf for another week in the uh, DFS golf landscape. And we've got the Waste Management Phoenix Open this week. So an event that should be a little more exciting to talk about and break down than the wonderful Pebble Beach Pro-Am that uh, that we had last week. I am Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84. We'll be hosting the show for you for the next 45 minutes or so. And uh, we'll see what we can uh, make of this week's golf tournament. I was telling my co-host, Notorious, Mr. Derek Farnsworth, before the show, I made the worst DFS lineups known to man last week. Uh, Maybe a bit of a stretch because I did at least get some money back, but uh, it was not a great week for me. I know Noto always loves the Pro-Am, so Noto, did you have a better week than I did? I mean, I always set myself up for failure. I always say, I hate these things, I'm going to lose, and uh, it comes true, so... I'm right there with you. I made some pretty bad lineups. Um, I was rooting on Troy Merritt. I had an outright on him. I know some of the guys in Discord did as well. Um, he made a run on Sunday, but couldn't quite get the job done. And uh, I mean, the story for me was the the Friday cut sweat. I mean, PJ Tour had it at you know top 65 in ties, and so everyone was thinking, you know, oh, I still got a chance for six to six. And then 
uh, finds out or we find out that it was top 60 in ties and that the top 65 in ties got credit for the made cut, but they get the MDF. Uh, so yeah, that took the uh, six to six percentage from about 5% down to about 1%. And I think I only had one six to six uh, in all my lineups. So yeah, pretty brutal week for me. Uh, anything other that was noteworthy for you? No, I had zero six to sixes. So you beat me there. Um, I think I, I think I did a hundred. Uh, and I had eight five of sixes out of that mess and the minus four. I had a few guys at minus four, but it wouldn't have mattered. Um, it was just, it was ugly. Um, I didn't have a lot of the guys that were uh, near the top of the leaderboard, though. There were quite a few guys in the mix on Sunday. I had a little merit in DFS, uh, but uh, it wouldn't have made a difference. And I was hoping that that would be, you know, last week might as well be the week, the week that Spieth uh, pulls out a victory because I never roster him and uh, he might as well win on the week where I wasn't going to win anything anyway. Uh, but then he uh, kind of choked it away there at the end, but uh, good for Tom Hoagie picking up that victory and uh, pretty much locking it down there at the end of the tournament and, uh, and taking home the hardware. So it was uh, what I believe he was 75 or 80 to one. It seemed like there was a good uh, chunk of the uh, golf uh, Twitter community that was on, Ogie a little bit last week. So I'm sure there were some outright bet tickets on him that won. And, uh, you know, he was reasonably popular in DFS, though he wasn't exactly all that cheap. So uh, just the nature of that event. But uh, you know, maybe maybe we move on to uh, to this week. But uh, <laughs> it, it was interesting to see how easy Pebble Beach played the, the, the host course generally in a, in a year where there wasn't much wind, usually the wind kicks up at least, you know, 15 miles an hour or so. And, and Pebble tends to play pretty hard, but uh, the guys who were playing there, you know, didn't exactly shy away from, from pin hunting. So, you know, the old showdown strategy of uh, targeting the players on the theoretically easiest course uh, didn't really pan out last week because Pebble played a little easier than normal. Yeah, for sure. That was a, a surprise. You know, I do the showdown article and uh, write up how easy the courses were playing and, Pebble's right there with Monterey as the easiest course of the three. So um, that was certainly interesting. So something to keep in note for next year. And yeah, Sunday was interesting. I mean, Cantlay and Spieth were both right there. You kind of got the feeling that one of them was going to pull away. And then Spieth did pull away. And you thought, okay, well, this tournament's over. Three putts, uh, 17, or maybe you missed that short one. Um, yeah, I think it was off the chip. So, And then Hoagie drains his um, on that same hole right after him. So that was kind of the end of it there. And Cantlay just couldn't get anything going on. We lose Noto or we lose me. I think we might have lost Noto. We lost Noto. The golf gods did not like uh, him uh, talking down Spieth missing that putt. See, oh, if that was the case, then I'd be uh, I'd get frozen every week. Uh, Sorry, I think I'm back. Yeah, you're back. You just froze up for a minute there. Golf gods don't want you bad mouthed Spieth. Yeah. I, anyway, I was just saying. Uh... Another guy, Seamus Power. I mean, we've been fading this guy every single week. And uh, he got the 16 under after his first, uh, I think his second hole on Saturday. So he, if he would have just shot one under the rest of the way there, he could have won. Or not one under, but uh, anyway, I don't know. He, he looked like he was in clear you know, control there. And then he uh, kind of messed up one of the easier courses and couldn't get anything going on Sunday. But I continued to fade him and continue to cost me a lot of money. And I was on him during the fall swing. I just figured it would backfire. And uh, after, you know, the get into some of these uh, tournaments and shorter courses and 
stronger fields and you know he, he would fade away but uh it hasn't happened yet so he's going to become the new uh the bane of my existence uh, and we're, <laughs> we're, we're we're steering that ship together so um got that choice know. again this week <laughs> we've hit the iceberg and we're sinking but uh, we'll see if we can uh we can save the titanic um uh, justin rose was another one he shot six over on sunday finished second from the bottom of those who made the cut and uh i was joking with you on the uh after the second round that adam svensson who finished basically dead last of everybody who made the cut the week before when i rostered him uh he was up to like t3 after friday but he painted a bit on the weekend as well so uh if he would have won the tournament that would have been enough for me to uh uh, probably break a screen or something on the laptop as much as I've played him. But uh, yeah, all told, it ended up being, you know, the guys like Spieth and Cantlay and Matthew Fitzpatrick made a nice run as well, uh, climbing up the leaderboard on, on Sunday. But uh, Hoagie holding everybody off and uh, seven birdies on his final round. Hoagie's final round, playing for that, you know, elusive PGA Tour victory uh 86% driving accuracy 83% greens in regulation gained a stroke and a half putting and made seven birdies so that's a pretty good final round uh especially when you consider that he double bogeyed the fifth hole and he was one over for the day so it could have just been you know lights out at that point um for Spieth but uh Hoagie hung with it and, and ended up getting the victory so uh, that's last week, a slew of MDFs. And for those who were confused about the cut line, it, it, the old rule used to be when the cut line was top 70 in ties, that if you had more than 78 players make the cut, um, those extra players right on the cut line would get credit for a made cut and they'd get a paycheck, uh, but they would not get to continue playing in the tournament to try to limit the number of players playing on the weekend from being, you know, 80 or 85 players. So they would narrow it down as close to 70 as they could. If there were more than 78, you know, they'd go down into the sixties. The so um, that was it, the worst, but you it, had the it, extra it, Saturday sweat. Yeah. It, the, oh yes. Yes. Sorry. I, I missed. Yeah. I misspoke the rule. If you, if you, if there were more than 78 players making the cut, they would have a secondary cut after Saturday, after the third round, to cut it back down closer to 70. So if you had 80 players make the cut uh, and then they'd cut it down to say top 70 in ties. So if there were three players tied for 69th, 70th and 71st, those extra nine players that then made the cut and did not fall within the top 70 after the third round uh, would not get to play on Sunday and they'd get that MDF designation. They'd get a paycheck, uh, but they would not get to play the final round been so long since we had that repressed memories but uh, that's how it worked and so that's how they handled this one given that it was a pro-am uh and you know you had they they kept score for the amateur teams as well so you had extra players on the course they didn't want as many you know as that made the cut because if they would have taken 65 and ties it would have been like 76 or 77 players making the cut uh, and they wanted to get that closer to 60. So they gave the old MDF to those players at minus four. Really confusing rule. But the uh, the fact of the matter is you don't have to worry about that anymore. They don't do that uh, with the new cut rule being 65 in ties. You're not going to see that probably for another tournament the rest of the year. So uh, if that soured you on DFS golf or you got victimized by it and you didn't know what the heck it was, uh, don't worry. You don't have to worry about it going forward. That's the point of my 
little diatribe there. All right, let's move on to a new week. Enough talking about Pebble Beach. We don't want to talk about that anymore. We didn't win any money. We'll try to win some money this week with the Waste Management Phoenix Open, uh, which I believe is an event that you, Noto, have attended in the past. So uh, you should have a nice knowledge of the course. And it's one of the old uh, rowdiest events in golf with the uh, stands there on the uh, 16th hole, the iconic par three. So uh, this is an event that had limited spectators last year, which it feels it felt more weird with this event uh, than it did with other events due to COVID. So uh, should be back to the normal atmosphere this year. But uh, what can you tell us about TPC Scottsdale? Yeah, if you like golf and don't mind uh, throwing a couple of drinks back and, you know, uh, enjoying some big crowds. And uh, I certainly recommend, you know, going to this once or twice. I've been twice. Uh, sad not to go this year, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, the course itself, uh, par 71, um, 7,300 yards almost, uh, three reachable par fives. Um, all of them are at least 550 yards. So good drive should be able to get you there to the green with your second. Uh, and then there's a drivable uh, par four 17th with water on the left. Um, that's kind of a fun hole. kind of sets up a cool finishing stretch there. You got the, the par three, which everybody knows with the stadium around it. And then you got the drivable par four. And then you got 18th, which... If you miss your drive left, uh, you're either going to be in water or in some thick uh, grass over there. So it uh, kind of sets up a fun finish. Um, as far as the course goes, you know, the fairways are pretty tough to hit for everyone. The rough isn't all that penal, but if you are too far offline, you will get into some trouble. This is desert golf. Um, so you're going to you know, be at the luck of the draw if you do miss the fairways here. Um, there's some water hazards as well. The greens are fairly easy to hit. Um, Scrambling is fairly easy. Not a lot of three putts here, a lot of putts made within 10 feet. So that's kind of why we've seen uh, some of the bad putters perform well here over the years. But we've also seen a lot of the short game guys, you know, perform well here too, Ricky and Webb and Spieth. So I don't think there's a strong course fit. I think you want to be a pretty good ball striker. Um, you're going to have to make putts to contend, especially if the scoring is really low. That's typically when you want to uh, make a lot of putts. But um, yeah, I don't have a strong course fit. Um, I do think course history matters quite a bit here. Uh, according to Data Golf, um, this is right there um, is the second most predictive course year in and year out when it comes to course history. So only Augusta National, and then this is tied with uh, Sony at Wiley. So um, you definitely want guys that have either played here before or feel comfortable at this course. And that might be due to the crowds here. It might be due to the you know different atmosphere. Maybe it's just uh, you know sidelines off the tee, whatever it may be. But uh, for whatever reason, the guys that play well here tend to play well here uh, each and every year. Yeah, you do see a very predictive tournament and uh, plenty of course history to pour over if you're into that thing, uh, sort of thing. And only one course for the first time in like a month uh, where we haven't had multiple courses in place. So if you enjoy wasting time at the office or at home or whatever on Thursday and Friday with the shot tracker, you get the full experience back this week. So that's an even bigger bonus uh, with uh, with this tournament. And uh, just a fun one, a fun course, you know, we talk about a lot of courses on the PGA tour being birdie fest these days. Um, and then there are some that are, you know, super difficult. It's rare these days, but it's, there's still some out there. Um, frankly, I don't, I don't love either of those. I don't love the absolute birdie fest, but I don't like the, you know, like the U S open style where plus three plus four is winning the tournament either. Um, I like to have some birdies in there and some scoring. And this, this course, I think, is almost the perfect balance between one that uh, has some trouble and there's can be some big numbers out there. If you get a bad lie in the rough or you get, you know, you get uh, short-sided on the green or, or something like that, you can make a double bogey here or there. 
Um, there are some hazards that, that can get you in trouble, but yet if you hit good shots, you can make Eagles. Uh, you got a drivable par four as well. So uh, it's a nice tournament where you could have a guy making 20 or 25 birdies and then also, you know, eight or 10 bogeys throughout the week. So, um, you know, I, I would say, wouldn't say that I'm in the minority with that opinion. Um, maybe a lot more people like the U S open style than I do, but uh, where do you stand on that discussion? Well, uh, sorry, I got a little distracted. Uh, our chat is saying I look like uh, Michael Thompson, so I had to, you know, hit the old Google machine uh, to see. Because I, from what I know of Michael Thompson, I look nothing like him. But um, apparently, it's the beard. Um, so it's it's the mountain man look. So uh, I'm not offended anymore. Um, <laughs> what was your question? You like? To... <laughs> no, I just I, I I mentioned that I like this course because there's a nice balance where you can make yeah. some birdies, but then there is also some trouble. So it's not that normal birdie fest. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't like the U S open style where the winning score is like two or three over. Um, so I like the balance on, on this course where there's trouble, but yet there's also holes where you can score. So, um, where do you stand on that? Or it seems like a lot of the, uh, golf media loves that U S open style difficulty and that, I don't know, that's just a little much for me. So I like this tournament. Yeah, like this tournament, you're going to see a lot of birdie streaks, uh, and you're also going to see a lot of double bogeys because, uh, like you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of penalties. And uh, I think it's kind of cool. Um, you can see guys totally implode um, that were in it, you know, right until the last few holes. And then you'll also see guys that uh, just can string together the birdies and make a big run um, on Saturday or Sunday. We've seen a couple guys, you know, come from way behind heading into the weekend. So, yeah, I like these type of events. I do like the U.S. Open setup, but, uh, you know, one or two weeks a year is, is more than enough for me for the, the really hard scoring. All right, let's go ahead and dig in. We've got uh, a solid field here this week. So we've got our usual five golfers above 10K on DraftKings. We've got Rom in the field this week. Of course, he's an Arizona State alum, plays here every year. He's played here six times. He's never finished outside the top 16. So the beat goes on with John Rom, but we've got Thomas, Cantlay, Matsuyama, and uh, Hovland also above 10K this week. So your take on those top five, and are you prioritizing anybody in there? Yeah, Ron deserves to be the top guy, I think. Uh, clearly rates out the best of my model. Uh, went to ASU as well. So I think this is one of those tournaments that he'd like to have. Uh, the trophy on his mantle, you mentioned the form, you mentioned the course history, checks all the boxes. No issue with them whatsoever. Um, JT's been playing some good golf. He was kind of in contention at the Farmers. Uh, imploded a little bit on the weekend, but he's also got some really good course history, four straight top 17s here. He seems to have one or two holes at this event that uh, take him out of you know contention each each year. So if you can avoid that, I think he'll be in the mix. I'm probably going to be off of Cantlay. Um, it's scary. I mean, he's got five straight top 10 finishes, but he's never played here before. Uh, didn't look great on Sunday. So I think he's probably my least favorite of the bunch. Got Hovland that's win. He's won three times in his last five starts, which is pretty crazy. Um, he missed the cut here in his debut, but it was right on the number. Uh, I think he's fine. I like that he's seen the course. And then you have Hideki, who used to be like the course history god at this course. Um, we used to just play him here every single year. So, uh, yeah, a lot to like up here. I think Ram and JT are my favorites. But, uh, man, in MME, I, I feel like I want to get a little bit of exposure to everyone. Yeah, um, I'm a little nervous about Cantlay after that finish. Um, I, I'm probably highest on Rom and Hideki. You know, we've got Hideki, the lowest owned of the uh, – oh, we've got Cantlay, I guess, a little lower. But Hideki never gets that 25 30% ownership mark, and I'm not sure why. Um, we kind of 
you know, just in general as a DFS golf community, don't treat him in the same tier as a lot of the other elite golfers on the PGA tour. And maybe it's because the putter isn't as consistent with him as it is with some other guys, but I mean, Matsuyama's a guy that uh, I believe he's second in all-time earnings at this event. He's finished first or second three times. Um, he leads the FedEx Cup right now. He's won twice during the wraparound season here already. Uh, he's got himself a green jacket. Like, I, I don't know what else Hideki has to do. If this isn't the tournament where he's going to be 20 to 25% owned, I don't know when it's going to happen. So give me some Hideki this week. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I used to just have a rule to lock him in at this event. And then, you know, I mean, T42 is like his worst finish. I know he had to withdraw that one year. That was due to an injury. I think he was playing pretty well at the time. So, yeah, I like Hideki. No issue with him. If he comes at ownership discount, uh, even better. All right. Uh, Again, hard to find fault with any of those guys up there. Um, You know, Hovland just keeps on. Uh, producing results, whether it's overseas or in the States. And uh, uh, again, the putter is occasionally the issue with him as well, but the, the Tita green game with both Matsuyama and Hovland pretty hard to fault uh, for sure. All right, let's go down into the nine K's where uh, I, again, I'd rather have the 10 K guys than you know, than the top of the nine K range. Obviously, you know where I stand with Spieth. I'm not playing him coming off of a, a top five finish. Uh, Shoffley, I don't mind, but uh, Kepka, you know, just hasn't burned us in a long time. Uh, seems to grade out clearly below the other options in in your model there. Uh, so it's not till we get to the bottom of the 9K range that I am interested. I like Burns the most. You know, I hopped off the train. He kept on playing well, and now coming off a missed cut, a horrible second round at Torrey Pines. Everyone's entitled to one bad round. Uh, this course is a little more forgiving, rewards a little more aggressiveness. Uh, and I think Burns will uh, will show that upside this week. So Burns is my favorite in the 9Ks at 9,300. Uh, I don't really love any of the other options above him. Uh, Shoffley, again, fine, but uh, I don't think you need to prioritize him. So what's your thoughts on the 9Ks? I like this range a lot. Um, if you aren't playing anyone above you know, 10K, you can get two or three of these guys and feel pretty good about it. No issue with Burns whatsoever. Uh, progressively better finishes here, uh, three straight years. So T22 last year, if he can improve on that, which I certainly think he can. Uh, my favorite is going to be Berger. He just continues to play well. Um, he's got top 25s in five straight events. He's played here seven times. He's got top 11s four of those times. And no matter how far you go back, he's number one in this field in strokes gain approach over the last three months, six months, 12 months. Um, he's the best iron player in the field, which is kind of crazy given how stacked the field is. We know he's good on Bermuda greens, which is always a positive. Uh, so I like Berger quite a bit. He gives you that, you know, high floor, high ceiling combo. I also like Scheffler. Um, he's been playing a little bit better recently and it just feels like this is the event for him. I don't know why. I just think that, you know, he's going to get a win here someday, maybe this year T seven here last year, a couple seconds, uh, recently in his last five events, and just another guy that's good off the tee, good on approach, good Bermuda putter. I think that's a, a really good combo. And you can say the same exact thing for Sam Burns. So, yeah, I like the idea of starting, you know, maybe all three of those guys um, in the lineup. I, I certainly don't mind them. Probably going to be lower than the field on Bubba. You know, he nearly won in Saudi last week. And uh, now he's got the course history narrative. So he's overpriced and probably going to be over owned. That's a tough pill for me to swallow. Brooks doesn't rate out that great for me. I know he's won here twice, but so inconsistent. Um, I'll take my chances with a fade. Agree with you on speed. Kind of the same thing. Um, 
for Bubba and that, you know, he played well last week, so he's going to be popular. He's got the good course history as well, but he's overpriced, overowned. Um, so, yeah, I like X. He's fine. But uh, the three in the bottom of the range um, stand out the most to me. Yeah, I would agree with that take pretty much completely. There wasn't anything with the withdrawal last week. Nothing came out with Berger as far as an injury, right? It was. Oh, just, yeah. It was his back. It was a wrist or something, right, from the week before? I thought it was his back. But maybe I'm confusing that with Hoffman. Uh, I'm going to get that. Now I can't remember. Because I, I, I remember people talking about him seemingly playing through an injury the week before. Um. Yeah, that's a good call. I need to definitely look into that. Well, it just it, it just hit me as well. Uh, yeah, it was a back. All right. Yeah, I had him mixed up with somebody else. So, um, the last week was the back. I think his previous injury was was the wrist. Um, I mean, that worries me at, at least. When, you know, golf and a back injury, I, I think, is at least some cause for a, a little bit of concern with Berger. It definitely needs to be monitored, but. Right now, we've only got him at 7%. So if the whole world is off of him and he's the lowest owned guy above 9K, uh, certainly there's some upside there, but definitely some risk if if we don't get confirmation. And as we usually don't with golf media, um, nobody ever seems to ask about injuries. So uh, give me Scheffler and Burns in this range um, for for my plays with you on, on Bubba as well, even though it scares me um, to fade him on a track where you can bomb it. But uh, all right, let's move into the uh, 8K range. And by the way, if you're, uh, I'm going to hop in there right now. If you're looking to chat with us during the show and you're wondering where can I do that, uh, check out the free Roto Grinders Discord. Uh, you can go to rotogrinders.com slash Discord. And that is a free Discord server for any Roto Grinders member to join. So there are some channels that are uh, locked for premium members, but you can get in and chat with us during the show even if you were watching uh, for free live on YouTube in the live stream chat channel of the Roto Grinders Discord. So again, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. Sign in with your Roto Grinders credentials, whether you're a premium member or not, and uh, go to the live stream chat channel, and uh, you can chat along with us during the show. All right, let's move into the uh, 8K range. I'll give you the first crack at this uh, this area here. Who do you like? All right, so at the top, uh, I like Fino quite a bit in tournaments. I don't think he's going to be very popular. A lot of people will see the fact that he's two for six here. A lot of people will see the fact that uh, his form hasn't been that good. But um, he moved to Scottsdale in early 2020 and then played this event. And none of us knew he moved to Scottsdale right before this event and uh, finished second. He probably should have won. I think Webb ended up birdieing 16, 17, 18. And then he buried the playoff hole, too, against Fino to beat him. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good setup for him. Um, he's clearly comfortable on the West coast. I think it's now that it's a home game. I, I don't think that hurts one bit. And anytime you can get Fina under, you know, 10 to 15%, um, I'm going to be on board. So I like him as a tournament play. Um, I also think Louis Ustay is in the, an interesting tournament play as well. We haven't seen him since October. So no idea where the form is, um, uh, but long-term, I mean, this is a great fit for him. He's good off the tee. He's good with his irons. Um, he is very good at avoiding bogeys, and I think that's going to be uh, key this week because a lot of people are going to be making birdies. You just got to avoid those big numbers uh, to stay in contention. He's played well here in the past as well. So I think those are two are very interesting tournament plays at the top. After that, I mean, I don't know. Man. I want to be underweight on Seamus again. It'll burn me once again. 
I like Corey Connors. You know, he missed uh, back-to-back cuts, but game strokes, ball striking, both of them. He's actually a positive putter on, on Bermuda, so I think he's interesting. Wasn't a positive putter the last time nope, I played him, nope, I'll tell you nope. that. <laughs> but uh, long-term here, long-term. Um, I mean, if Hoagie and uh, Luke List can win back-to-back <laughs> weeks, it's got to be Corey yeah, Connors' time. It's, it's just you can – yeah, you can write the script now. It's happening. Totally happening. <laughs> Although we can put like 20 other golfers in that same uh, <laughs> boat. But uh, yeah, the other guy I like here is Henley. Um, he's got mixed course history here, but very accurate off the tee. Um, second to Berger in terms of iron play over the last four months and the last uh, year. And uh, he plays here every year. So um, he's at least comfortable with the, with the settings. Yeah, cue up the one-two Connors, uh, Grillo, exact the box this week for you. <laughs> the top two uh, to keep checking off the, uh, the bad putters, but in seriously though, the, the bad putters have, you know, have a good chance here. This is a tournament that's pretty highly correlated with T to green play. Um, so if you, you like the guys that are woeful on the greens, this is a week where maybe you can give them a look. So I uh, don't mind Connors myself. I like Webb Simpson a lot. Uh, again, another place where he just generally plays and generally makes the cut and generally gives you a solid finish. So uh, he's a pretty safe option there at 8,600. Uh, was pretty impressed with Fitzpatrick last week, the way he played, you know, in a tournament where nobody was really expecting him to do much and uh, played really well on the weekend, uh, the weekend too. So uh, Fitzpatrick at uh, basically the only guy between 82 and 8,800 that we currently have under 10% ownership, uh, though he's right at that mark. Uh, I think, you know, Fitzpatrick and Ustazen and, and Finau in there, uh, Finau, we've got a pretty low ownership as well. So you're willing to go back to the Finau well after uh, after he burned you at Torrey Pines, huh? I mean, at this point, everyone's burned me, so i got to go back to somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely another intriguing play. So I like the high end of that range. At, you know, when we go back to the lower end of the 9K range and then the upper end of the 8K range, I think you can pick out a good two or three players in here, whether it's for a balanced build uh, or maybe a, a lineup where you're going to get scrub or two at the bottom uh, I think that's an interesting interesting build uh, to take this week and then if you want to go totally balanced then you pair a couple of those higher 8k guys with say a Connors or a Henley uh, and you just go for the full-on balanced build in with uh, several golfers in the 8k range and I do think that is intriguing this week um, though you might you know feel like you're missing out on some win equity with those top end guys uh, you can build a lineup in here that looks really, really good with a bunch of players that are like 10, 11, 12% owned. If you think we're nuts by fading Seamus Power every week, you know, you can put him in there too. So uh, lots 15, of uh, guaranteed, <laughs> lots of potential ways to, uh, to make that build uh, work out. So do you have an Adam Scott take? I don't. Um, and I was going to ask you the same thing. Like he's another guy that we just haven't seen him a lot on the PGA tour and it's a ball striking course. So you'd think, you know, it makes sense. Um, I just, I don't know what to like, like Ustazen. It's just tough to know what to expect from him right now. So he did play uh, both the Dubai tournaments, finished top 10 in both of them. Um, I was just going to look to see if he's played this before. He hasn't in the last five years. So he's at least got a couple of recent top tens, which is always good. Yeah, we just need to know what putter he's bringing. Now. Yeah, he's What's never uh, – yeah, we need to hit up Getty Images and search uh, for practice rounds for him. Yeah, but, yeah, he's never played here. In 10th uh, and 9th in his two last two starts overseas, hasn't played on the PGA Tour since November with a 37th at the 
closing event of the fall swing at the RSM Classic. And uh, he was fifth at the CJ Cup, too. So his, you know, going back to the fall swing, not horrible. I, I, I kind of like it for tournaments, I think. I, I didn't really have a strong take, but um, he, he, again, fits that balanced build. So, I mean, you can really play anybody. The only guy between 8,200 and 8,800 that I'm not, or an 8,900 that I'm not really on is power. And that's probably stupid. So, <laughs> yeah, I can already yeah. see it now. Scott's going to have a three footer on 16. He's going to miss it. And the whole crowd's going to get after him. He's just going to walk off the course. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, totally agree on most of those takes. Not on Hoagie coming off a win, not on Harris English because I haven't been for a while. And that's one that hasn't really burned me. Uh, not uh, not playing him much so anything else you want to bring along on the AKs I think that's it for me I, I do like the Fitzpatrick call though uh, I think he's interesting for sure yeah definitely a guy I think you can look to uh, in in GPPs uh, after that finish last week all right uh, let's go ahead and move into the uh, 7k range also don't forget to sign up to our uh, sponsor site prize picks Use promo code grinders with your first deposit. You can get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred bucks. Uh, always like those uh, over under finishing positions. And uh, you can get most of those kind of eight K ish golfers usually around like under 25 and a half, 30 and a half for finishing position. I think you can sprinkle in some of those over on prize picks this week, promo code grinders, get a 100% deposit match up to a hundred bucks with your first deposit. Uh, you can check them out at prizepicks.com or download the mobile app. All right, let's move into the uh, the 7K range. If you built your lineups really early, Maverick McNeely has withdrawn. Uh, make sure you're not playing him. Uh, but this is a spot where we're not going to see an overwhelming amount of chalk. I think there's some interesting uh, names in this range, like Homa and List and, and Gooch are probably going to be the most popular, but not outrageous in terms of ownership. Um, Andrew Putnam is that guy that faded a bit on Sunday, and so nobody's really talking about him, but – uh, if you look at the trends with Putnam, I think they've been very encouraging. He could be kind of your next guy out of nowhere in the, uh, you know, Tom Hoagie type of mold. I don't mind him in GPPs at 7,500, uh, but certainly the likes of, you know, Gooch and, and List uh, feel a little bit safer. If you want to go back to the course history train, if for some reason you haven't had enough yet uh, and you want to take another shot at Ricky Fowler, I suppose you can, but I will not be doing that. The, uh, the Fowler bus has long since departed on my end, but I'm very curious to know what Noto is doing with uh, with Fowler this week. I think I'll have 5% or so in my MME builds. Uh, I like to root for Ricky. This is one of the few events where I could actually see him posting the top 20 uh, right now. So I think he's fine. I mean, the model certainly doesn't like him. I gave him a 12% boost, and he's still rating out as a very poor place. So, <laughs> and it's not a... Not a model play for sure. Kind of uh, just hoping that that our guy gets there. But um, yeah, I mean, it, this is a tough range. Harold Varner coming off the win in Saudi. I don't love that. Um, Luke List coming off the win at Farmers. Don't love that. Gooch, you mentioned it. I mean, he checks all the boxes, but he's been pretty bad here. 261 is his best finish in three tries. Horschel has got some good form and some good course history, but he's lost on approach in four straight events, and it's been pretty bad. It's been all short game that's been saving him. So I don't love a lot here. Um, I might go to Abraham Answer a little bit. He's typically more expensive than this and a lot higher owned. So I, I think long term, he's at least a, a good fit for the course. I don't know, you know if that'll translate. I know the form hasn't been great recently, but 
he's probably my favorite play above 75. Yeah, it's it's a little tricky. Um, I'm going to play the ownership game on some of these plays. Answer, as you mentioned, uh, with the talent. And I almost never play Horschel. And I tweeted this a couple weeks ago when he was in the mix at Torrey Pines, that he was in the process of replacing Patrick Reed as the biggest luck box on the PGA Tour. Um, and then a few people responded with Spieth uh you know as the uh the third choice there which i i suppose is true but uh and, and horschel seems like the guy that like hates the fans and stuff but it, in an odd twist he generally plays well here i think he's made the cut six straight years uh at this tournament and you know he played well like you mentioned a lot of it's been with the flat stick but uh if he's only gonna be eight percent he's not overly expensive tournament he's played well in the past I almost never play him, but I'll probably play a little Horschel this week too. Um, seems like your model likes Gooch the most from the numbers I can see. Yep, it does. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those course history versus recent form debates. Usually I lean recent form, but this week I, oh, I'd like to see something out of him from this course in the past. All right, so let's move down to the lower end of the 7K range where you start to get towards a lot of the plotters. The non-distance guys, which I don't love at this course, you know, the short game guys, Denny McCarthy, Noto's boy Harmon, Russell Knox, Matt Kuchar um, are, are your kind of lower 7K options, which um, I don't know. I, I don't really like. Uh, Knox has been playing okay and probably seems like the best option, say, from 7,200 to 7,500. If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Knox, uh, maybe Pat Perez. Uh, after his last couple events have been pretty decent. Seems like Aaron Wise is getting the buzz at 7,100. But, I, like, I don't think any of those guys are absolute must plays. So can you sell me on somebody that you really like in seven to 7,500 range? I do really like Knox. Uh, you mentioned it. The form's been coming around. He's got some good course history. And he led the field in greens and regulation um, last week at Pebble through the four rounds. Uh, we only have shot link for two of those rounds, and he gained – almost five strokes on approach. So the irons are looking good. Um, he's gained off the tee at least one stroke in every time that he's played this event in the past. So he's got to figure it out there. Um, if he can lock in the irons, I think he's interesting. Woodland's a former winner. He's kind of one of those guys I always include in my MME player pool. Um, he's been bad, but he's also got some high-end finishes over the last six months. So don't mind going there. I like Aaron Wise quite a bit. The course history isn't there, but he did make the cut here last year. Lost 10 strokes putting, and I think nine of them were on the weekend, um, if I remember correctly. So a lot of people will have uh, some nightmares reliving that one. But uh, he's kind of fixed his woes on the greens, so I like him quite a bit. Uh, Pat Perez is interesting. The form's great, but um, I could see him, like, drinking the beers with everyone on 16. <laughs> I mean, this guy loves to party. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It should be fun watching him, uh, you know, pull up to that hole. He will have a sweat with whether or not Perez can make it to that 7.30 a.m. tea time on Thursday and uh, and get his first round in. So, uh, yeah, um, I am a sucker for, like, in, in these types of events, I don't love anybody between, like, 7K and 7,500. And a few weeks ago, you know, you would have gotten, say, 10, 12, 14% ownership on this guy at this price. So give me some 1% owned Kevin Streelman. I know the recent stats oh are gosh. just awful, uh, but uh, good, 1%. Good news. I'm off of him, so. 
<laughs> I've been playing him every week. I haven't played him for a couple of weeks. So uh, the last couple of tournaments he's played. So 1% Streelman, I put it in my GPP article. You cannot try to justify it with the recent stats because they are most definitely not there. But um, if anybody tries to come at to come at me, you know, about that, then you better not be playing Fowler. If you're the one coming at me, I'll check it. I'll check it because people are still going to play Fowler. So give me the 1% owned Streelman. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll hope for the best with some GPP builds, certainly not going absolutely nuts there, but, uh, you know, you can make an argument for some of these guys that got like two that. more names for you. Yeah, go ahead. Matt Kuchar. So he struggled last week, but he always plays bad at Pebble for whatever reason. Um, prior to that, he was in good form and he loves this course. He's been a top 10 machine here in his career. So, uh, I don't mind him up there. And then Joel Damon um, in contention last week, and he, he lives in Scottsdale. So he's very familiar with the course, with the area. Um, terrible course history, but um, at least he knows, you know, the area, the course. It's going to be a home game for him. So I don't mind looking to him too. Yeah, I like him a decent amount uh, in, in tournament builds. And, you know, we've seen him go on some hot stretches. So, uh, yeah, the bucket hat, Mr. Damon, I like. Uh, don't mind Mito. Again, these guys are going to be a little bit more popular. If you want the one percenter in that range, it's Streelman for me. Uh, any interest in Merritt after that uh, run last week? Uh, I mean, I don't know. He's one of those guys that he's either top 30 or he misses the cut. Uh, we talked about it last week. I think he's done it in like 14 straight events. Don't quote me on that number, but something like that. Um, so, yeah, MMEs, sure. Um, definitely get some exposure to Merritt. And then Carlos Ortiz is interesting too. Um, he's got, he's very long off the tee. The irons did turn it around, you know, the last half of the year and 60th in 2019, 25th in 2020, fourth last year continues the trend, the trend. I mean, there's only three places he can get this week. And there you go. I kind of like him too. Uh, he will be in my GPP player pool at seven K about five, 6% ownership there. Uh, especially because once you get into the six K's um, there's not a whole lot to like. I, I think I wrote up when I started my article this week, I wanted to write up one player in the six K's because this field is deep enough where, you know, you got to find one player in the six K's that you like. And I think I put like three or four different names down and then I look deeper in the stats. I'm like, oh, I can't put, I can't put him on there. <laughs> I already had Streelman in there. Right. So I couldn't have two guys. Uh, that just looked completely awful. So I originally had Neesmith in there. Uh, then I looked at his stats. I'm like, oh man, I can't, I can't put Neesmith in there. I can't put Grillo in there with his putter. I can't put Hoffman in there because he can't finish a tournament. Uh, you know, withdrew after a decent first round last week. I, I can't really put Hadwin in there. Um, and so I really couldn't settle on anyone. Uh, and so then I circled my way back to Bramlett, uh, who everybody played him as a chalky value a couple weeks ago and if you look at the last 50 rounds bramlett is dead last in this field in almost anything short game related uh, but he's 14th off the tee and 19th in ball striking and he's 6500 so i mentioned earlier the bad putters can often do well here this is literally probably the worst one of the worst putters in the field um I should stand corrected. I said dead last in the field in most of the putting metrics. Kyle Stanley is below him, but that's it. It's only Stanley. And uh, Noto has mentioned in prior shows how bad Stanley has been over the last yeah. six months or so uh, with the putter. So Bramlett is next 
uh, worst on the list. But the ball striking numbers are solid. So I'll, I settled on Bramlett, though I don't absolutely love it. Like there's nobody under 7K that's going to check every box you want. So uh, unless you've got somebody for me. Uh, maybe not every box, but there are more names this week than I liked last week, at least. Uh, Martin Laird at 6,800. Uh, they call him Party Marty for a reason. I mean, he loves this course. Um, I think he's seven of eight here with three top tens. He's also gained on approach in 10 of his last 11. So the Irons have been good lately. Um, I like Wyndham Clark. Um, he's been in contention here a couple of times. He kind of, you know, fades on Saturday and Sunday, but very long off the tee. He's been playing a little bit better recently. He's at 6,600. Uh, I don't mind the Naismith call. I uh, played him last week, and he triple bogeyed his 17th hole on Saturday, ended up MDFing. Didn't see so, that. Uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty frustrating. He finished top 10 here last year, and long term, uh, he's 12th in this field in strokes gained approach. So if he can keep it together everywhere else, I think he's interesting. And then uh, since the chat brought it up, I mean, we got to play Michael Thompson. <laughs> There you go. He was a thing not too long ago. He had a stretch where he was like 10 or 12% one week, maybe two weeks. Oh, one other guy, James Hahn. I bring him up every show. Withdrew last week, so keep an eye on it. But um, this is where he did the Gangnam style on 16, if anybody hasn't uh, seen that. He's got like three top 25s here in his last four starts. 6,200, smaller field than usual, only 132 golfers. So um, you can afford to take a few more chances this week since, uh, you know, a higher percentage of the cut of the field is going to make the cut. And yeah, Noto's going to roll the all of uh, the burger, Ustase and Han uh, withdrawal risk lineup uh, this week. <laughs> um, we'll have to Hoffman. keep Hoffman. Don't play Hoffman, man. Hoffman <laughs> hasn't finished the tournament in like four months. That's disappointing for him that, uh, you know, he's obviously struggling with it, tried to play last week and then, had to withdraw. I think it was after the first round, right? It was either the first or second round. I can't remember. I think it was after the first round uh, that uh, that he withdrew. So uh, Hoffman, there will be a time where maybe he's a steal again, but uh, you got we got to see him at least finish a tournament there first. Um, I do like Neesmith. I, I'll put him in some GPP lineups. I just didn't want to with his recent stats. I didn't want to put him in my article along with Streelman, but wanted to get a couple one percenters in there this week. Those guys can be the difference makers. I'm contractually obligated to mention Doug Gim. So he's there at 6,600 as well. Uh, he's had a few hot starts in recent months, just hasn't been able to put four rounds together. So uh, Gim at 6,600, everybody knows he'll be in my player pool as well. Uh, put him in the uh, poor putter group that uh, maybe he can string a week together where he's, at least average with the flat stick. Uh, I brought up Eckroat last week. I didn't see where he finished. Let's see where he, uh, if he ended up, yeah, he ended up MDFing as well after starting with a 66. So he started hot, uh, but finished as part of that group at minus four. So I like the Wyndham Clark call on courses where distance can, uh, can be an advantage. Uh, I'll probably end up with some of him as well. So what about Bo Hostler? Oh boy. In contention last week. He got off to a terrible start on Sunday, but uh, kind of made a run there the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, it could be another spot where, too, maybe, you know, that gave him some confidence. Um, He's good off the like team. Your model putter. numbers look awful yeah. on him. Yeah. It never likes Hosser, but uh, he's one of those guys that when he locks it in, he got, he's got top 25 upside. Yeah. Maybe leave him in the MME pool as well. This is one of those weeks where it'll be tough. If you're like me and you like to cut your player pool down to like 20 golfers or 25 golfers, 
uh, it's a tough week to really narrow it down because we mentioned quite a few value guys where usually we're just, you know, scraping to find maybe one guy that's uh, one or two guys that's interesting in there. Uh, you at least get a few names that uh, feel like they might be worth a peek as a value this week. So anybody else before we get out of here? I think that's good. And, uh, yeah, it should be a fun week. Can't wait. Uh, get to sweat. You know, one of the better uh, events to watch on TV. And then we get the Super Bowl Sunday. So going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I remember the one year, was it Fowler and Matsuyama in the playoff the one year that was still going on when the game started? <laughs> Flipping so, back and forth. I was watching it on my phone at the Super Bowl party I went to. Everyone <laughs> thought I was crazy. <laughs> oh, it's uh, the golf sweat is definitely real. And this is a fun tournament. Uh, fun fun to tune into and, and fun to follow. So uh, with that, we'll get out of here. Uh, before I forget, if you are in New York, uh, you can uh, you can find a whole bunch of uh, links and stuff on the Roto-Grinders website uh, with the launch of PointsBet now in New York. Promo code RG2K on PointsBet will get you two risk-free bets up to $2,000. If you're interested, uh, go to the Roto-Grinders homepage, go to the sports betting tab and click New York. And you can find a list of all the available sports books and our relevant promo offers. So with that, we'll go ahead and get out of here. Enjoy the golf this week, everybody. Good luck as you build your lineups. Enjoy the big football game as well. Uh, for Noto and our producer, Steve, I am Justin. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Same time, same place for uh, what do we got next week? We've got the Genesis Invitational Riff. next week uh, at uh, Riviera and then the Honda Classic the week after that. So it'll be a tough couple of tough golf courses uh, up ahead the uh, the next couple of weeks so uh tune in next week same time same place we'll we'll break down the uh, genesis for you so for noto and steve i'm justin we'll see you next week everybody